There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Thank you. Next! Okay. First things first, your exes should be blocked. You know, acknowledging the good things and moving on. We're not about bad vibes here. Are you relationship experts? No. no. <laughs> My pants were wet. <laughs> It ain't even about BDE anymore. It's about thank you, next energy, yeah? Hey, homie. It's that time of the week again where you get to spend some quality time with two brown girls called Raj. And Hardy. Are we brown? (laughs) What else are we? Do you think we sound brown? Oh, I haven't told you this, have I? Like, but back in my early days of radio, when I was doing community radio, I had um, a guy tell me that I sounded too Asian to do radio. Ooh. And he was Asian himself. And he was actually... Self-hating. He was an immigrant, so he had an accent. When he said, like, the word three, he would say... He's just projecting his insecurities onto you, mate. And I was like, do I sound Asian? So like, I remember that year I went to Edinburgh to steward because I used to steward every year there. And obviously everyone there was white. So I was saying to them like, do I sound too Asian? (laughs) And they were like... That's mad. He's just a (laughs) self-hating Asian and it's okay, Raj. (laughs) They were like, do you know what their answer was? They were like, Raj, why don't you breathe like this? They they taught me, you know, the radio breathing technique, like breathing through your diaphragm. Nah, own it, Giza. And I was just like, is that going to change how I sound? Like, I don't get it. Nah, love it. Anyway, going back to this podcast, we are Raj. (laughs) And Hardeep. And we can't stop saying thank you next to things. So welcome back to Thank You Next. Thank you next when you walk down the road. Thank you next when you... Get told you sound too Asian. toilet. Bruv. Yeah, thank you next to all of that. So this podcast is about turning your L's into lessons and effectively wins. Um, by L's, we mean what some people might call failures. Like this week, I ordered a load of shit from Nasty Girl, ended up returning most of it, but I learned in the process how fucking fit I am. I was like, whoa, you look so good. I think I even sent you a picture. Yeah, you did send me a picture. I've got it. I've saved it. Might post it on our stories. Is that cool? No, you won't. No, you won't. All right, here we go. Anyway, we take our L's, we reflect on them, see if we've learned anything. And we say, thank you, bloody next. And we talk about all kind of L's here, but we try to focus on the relationship ones. You know, the ones that are about the significant relationships in our lives, like our family, the relationships we have with our friends, obviously the romances. What romances? Yeah, I don't have a romance right now. Like, if you want one, if you want to give me one, Mm. give it to me. Give it. You're more than welcome. The relationships we have with our neighbours. I don't talk to my neighbours. I don't know if we've discussed this before, but anyway. My DPD delivery guy, the Uber Eats guy. You know, all the important stuff. We're going to talk about that neighbour thing one time. We're going to have a lesson about neighbours and housemates, roommates, all the rest of it. We're going to do Obviously, housemates. You can't get away with not talking to your housemates. Oh, no, I did actually. When I first moved to London, there was a lady who didn't talk to anybody and I'd see her in the corridor and she'd just pass you. I was like, okay, cool. Thank you. 
And it's not just all about us. We want to know what you want to say thank you next to. So email us, send us a voice note to hi thank you next podcast at gmail.com. And follow us on socials for all the bants, all the convo. And obviously, you can see what everyone looks like. We're at Thank You Next Pod on socials. So last week, Raj was raving on about promising young woman. She properly sold it to me. How did I sell it to you? What what got it for you? Anytime you recommend something, it's good. This episode is dedicated to the lessons that we have learned from this film. And Raj, I'm glad that you brought it into our lives. So before we get on to Promising Young Woman... We're going to chat about shit that went down this week. And this week, someone got in touch on our DMs and, you know, she told us a lot of stuff that she wanted to say thank you next to. But I was like, dude, why don't you just send us a voice note? And guess what? She did. Oh, damn. I can't wait. Hi, guys. It's Rab here. I just wanted to leave you a quick voice note. Firstly, to say thanks for doing your podcast because I love it. And it's so nice and refreshing to be able to hear myself in a podcast and in the people who are talking, which is rare for an Indian woman like in her 30s so that's the first thing and the second was to share the lesson that I've learned which is that sometimes your past relationships can teach you that you need to examine your own behavior to be a better person so all the mistakes or the breakdown of a relationship can really teach you how to be a better person and be a better partner in future relationships and friendships or any other kind of relationship I guess I think it's really easy to look back at past relationships and see what the other person did wrong but it really takes two to tango and rarely in a relationship do you not make any mistakes of your own but it can be really hard to look back and realize that sometimes you've been making mistakes that have caused or at least contributed to the end of a relationship an example is putting up walls Um, I was in a relationship where the other person had made mistakes and as a result although I'd chosen to forgive them I hadn't actually forgiven them. So I'd said I would, taken them back and never really forgave them. So I had all these walls and guards up and actually I wasn't being emotionally available, physically available or being any of the things that someone would need in a partner. And it wasn't until the relationship ended that I realized I had spent however many months or years even justifying my behavior under the guise that they had made a mistake and they needed to make up for it, which really put a strain on the relationship. And in those last few months and years, the other person was making a lot of effort and I just wasn't accepting of it or willing to accept that they were actually being a good partner to me. And I was the one who wasn't giving that in return. And that was something that was really difficult when the relationship finally ended because I felt so much guilt And I wanted to redeem myself. So when I realized what I had been doing and I realized actually I could have made this work and I could have given my all and put the effort in, you know, I'd stop making effort for birthdays. I've stopped doing things that I would expect from the other person. And that just kind of loaded me with guilt for a very long time. And I just felt like I was a really bad person. So my lesson is that you do always need to look at your own behavior however difficult that might be, and see whether you're kind of living up to your own standards that you're setting for your partner. I guess I'm saying thank you next to not learning from your own mistakes and allowing yourself to continue to do things that you wouldn't sort of appreciate or accept from the other person. But also thank you next to carrying guilt for mistakes that you've made. We're all human at the end of the day. So as long as we're learning from our own lessons, then that's all we can do. Thank you so much for sharing that with us because I know it's probably not easy to share and 
I'm glad that you felt comfortable enough to share it with us. So thanks so much, Rav, for sharing that with us. Yeah, there's a lot there. Obviously, you know, you talk a lot about previous relationships, teaching you things about yourselves and things that you did wrong. And I mean, I know you've been listening to this podcast, so I know you know that I think that I have done nothing wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was laughing to Raj when that was being played because Raj is like, I'm perfect in all my relationships. And I was looking at her. On the flip side of it, like just from from my perspective, things that I've done wrong, like, and I did say this while it was playing, was like I said, I stayed too long. I took too much shit. But I think things that I did wrong realistically when I say that, because that sounds really like, oh, I'm, I'm, it just sounds... Oh, it's like when it, when someone goes to a job interview and they say, the bad thing about me is I'm a perfectionist. It's like... It's yeah, like... no, no, no. But like <laughs> to expand on what I mean by that is that I feel like maybe I, I always expressed my boundaries, but I think I didn't express them with intent or with seriousness. So I should have always been like... It's like when you have a consequence. Yeah, there were no consequences. Like, whereas with him, there were consequences. Like, I remember when there was a fight or when something didn't go his way, mm. which isn't the right way to deal with things. He would literally go back to his mum's for a couple of days. And I would never do that. I would never do that. Because mm. I felt like I didn't feel that was right either. But I think moving forward, I will be very open and vocal and upfront about my boundaries and things that I expect and things that I will not tolerate in a relationship. If uh, once I've said that, like let's say I've said to you, Hardy, I will not tolerate you speaking to me like this or you saying this about my family or something along those lines. And then you went and did that. I would speak to you about it again, but I think there has to be a point where a consequence is involved. Otherwise people just keep doing it. What do you think? I don't know. I think you just got to be true to yourself at the end of the day. I think what Ravneet said about guilt was interesting though, because I hold a lot of guilt about the way I've dealt with things in the past, but I always try and remember that I was doing the best with what I had. And really weirdly, when I was listening to his podcast today about boundaries, I was walking through the park and I always feel really bad about the way I left things with my ex because I didn't leave it in the most gracious way. And as we discussed on last week's episode, that I have like quite a difficult relationship with sex. And um, he tried to have sex with me in a room that was very, very brightly lit, as in like office lit. And I freaked out. And he actually went mad at me and was like, this is a problem you have. You need to go and fix it. Like, I forgot about that, to be honest. I've just kind of let it go and slide away into the fucking carpet or whatever. And I was like, I feel so much guilt, but we were both like, no one's perfect and both have a part to play like she said takes two to tango and in this other piece of content i was consuming today they were talking about as a couple when there's a problem especially like an intimate problem you should it's like handling it together as a team like head on like you towards the problem as if and not like that's your problem this is my problem i thought that was interesting yeah i think that that's crazy that it was just put on to you like it was your issue. Oh, sorry, who the fuck wants to do... Th I don't want anyone looking at me in this ring light lighting. No, thank you. It's, look, each to their own. Everyone is comfortable with different things. And I think if you've expressed that you're not comfortable with something, that's not your problem to deal with. He has to meet you in the middle. Mm, yeah. Because there might be things that he's not comfortable doing that you might want to do. Then what? Yeah. Then is that his problem? Does he need to go and sort that out? And this is the thing, like, I'm sick and tired of things always being the woman's fault. I'm really sick and tired of it. Something about guilt that I carry from my previous relationship, I feel really guilty about the way that I treated myself. And I feel really guilty about how I let myself be spoken to and how long I let that carry on for. Mm. And I think I still have that guilt 
now, but I don't really know what to do with it. I guess you just got to think like, I think sometimes we allow behavior because we forget. We we get like so wrapped up in getting that person's love. I was blinded by love. Blinded. Love is fucking blind, mate. <laughs> love fucks you up sometimes, but I don't... <laughs> I read this thing. I don't know if we've actually talked about it on this podcast, but apparently you have three great loves in your life. And um, the first one is like a teenage kind of love, like a sweet love, like a high school, like something silly. And you would have broken up over something silly or maybe you look back on it now and it seems silly or maybe it was real. Who knows? Right. And the second love is a toxic kind of love. It's it's a love where you stay too long, a love where you have to endure a lot and things are really difficult and it's really difficult to make things work. The final love is the one where you go for someone that you wouldn't normally go for, but everything's just really easy and you just work through things together and it's just a very mature relationship. Apparently, these are the three types of love that everyone has in their lives. This is beautiful, Raj. Do you feel facts. Oh, really? Do you relate to that? Do I relate to that? (laughs) Do I relate? (laughs) Yes, I do think that the teenage love I always think about it and I think about how dumb we were and like silly and just like so oblivious to so many things like I'd never experienced any like I don't know mental health issues before like my 20s nothing was really going on and yeah Dippe you know what I did in my teenage love yeah I actually tried to have a serious relationship with a man who had ho one ho two oh, ho yeah. three ho four ho five ho six ho seven stored in his phone you would never do and that now all my guy mates all my guy mates who were also his mates were like Raj don't do this don't and I was like no 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 I'm gonna do it I'm gonna do it what did you think in your head were you like oh I'm gonna be what did you think I was just like, nah, this is, bu- that, all of that is bullshit. This is real. Mm. I'm real. You know, the it was like a J-Lo flex. Da, da, yeah. Mm-mm. And that was around the time of that song as well. So I'm just kind of like, uh, it's not even that you get into dumb situations. It's actually you do dumb things. You know, the situation about, you said about staying though, like your situation of staying was like a couple years I have a situation of staying, which was like a couple months, but I I don't think the duration even fucking like, obviously duration matters. It makes you feel, it can make you feel guilt or worse or shame or whatever. But I feel like when you, you know, you're like out of alignment and you fucked it, like, you know, you feel it, you know, no matter what the time is, it's just like, you feel like let yourself down. The longer it is, the worse things get, put it that way, because the longer you're spending in a situation where you already have doubts within a couple of months, if you've done that for a couple of years, imagine what you've allowed yourself to tolerate during that time. Mm. And the stories that you tell yourself that to make you think it's okay. It's also the stories they tell you. Because, you know, it's not like if it was all completely shit, I would have walked away a lot quicker. But there were times where it was great and I believed that there was hope. But it was like, you know, you always say to me, breadcrumbing. Mm. It was very similar to that kind of a vibe. I was being breadcrumbed with good experiences, but most of it was shit. It's like enough to keep you around. Yeah. And But still, yeah. What a depressing way to start the podcast. <laughs> no, but we're going to talk about hope. We're going to talk about hope now, though, ain't we? <laughs> we're going to talk about hope. But before we talk about hope, I did want to talk about this post that I saw on Instagram. And I know we've always, when we started this podcast, one of the first lessons we shared with everyone was you have to take time out after a heartbreak to heal yourself 
before you move on. Uh, which I feel we're both doing. I feel like we that's where we're both at. I actually fully think I'm ready for another relationship, but it's only going to be with someone that I'm really super duper interested in. It's not going to be with like, oh, you're here, you'll do, I'll go on a few dates with you. I'm not doing that. But um, here we go. This is from Rising Woman, which I thoroughly recommend any of you follow if you're into spirituality and relationships and empowering yourself go for it so this says the truth about waiting to be fully healed before you enter your relationship it says there are certainly times when it's wise to spend some time solo and nurturing your relationship to yourself we must be mindful of the idea that we need to be perfect to be ready hmm we heal our relationship patterns in relationships that's why if we wait until we're fully healed we'll never be in a relationship this is interesting because Quite regularly, I say to Raj, I don't know if I'm ready. I don't know if I'm right there yet. Da, da, da. And I don't know if I said it to you on the podcast, but I remember saying I have to read the book on attachments before I start dating again. I was like, I, I, that's a requirement. I was like, I, I have to. Okay, then take this for me. Then it says, there's a big difference between entering a relationship slowly with intention and actively avoiding relationships due to past hurts or the belief that it could never work out or that relationships only cause pain. Relationships are always going to bring new layers of our psyche, patterns, and wounds up for healing, and that's okay. You wouldn't say you need to have all the information in the world to like go on a lunch date with your friend, would you? You wouldn't say, oh, I need to be really, really good at... But I mean, you do you do get the people who are like, let me look at the menu first. Let me do this. How am I going to get there? What mm. what route am I taking on TFL route planner? Da, mm. da, 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 da. But you wouldn't like read 20 friendship books before you go and... I'm not saying it's the same. 20 friendship books before you engage in another friendship with another human being because you got burnt once. Like, Oh, here's one about attachments. When we believe we need to remain single so that we don't lose ourselves, this is actually a call to heal our this attachment <laughs> system. We're designed, this is you, we're designed to attach to others. Connection is a primal survival need. I know that because COVID, for example, which I fucking hate talking about, the whole thing about like social isolation, I just think mental health is more important sometimes, like in some cases. And not going and seeing people and hugging people and touching, you spending time with them. I don't care if it's fucking computer ain't going to do the same shit as it as going for a walk with your mate or whatever. The healing thing is very relevant for me because I did genuinely think that I was like, yeah, you have to be fully healed. But as we've discussed before, there's no such thing as getting fully healed. This is what this just says. So the, another thing it says is there's no such thing as being fully healed as this stems from the idea that you're broken and you need to be fixed to be worthy. There's always more to learn, but you don't need to do it alone. You don't need to be perfect to be ready and neither does a potential partner. The most important sign of all is willingness. Willingness to try on new ways of being and communicating. Willingness to be self-aware, accountable for one's own mind and emotions Willingness to put in effort to make the relationship a safe, energizing and flourishing place for you both. The other thing is going and doing all this research theoretically about relationships, reading about them, talking to people about them, becoming aware of different ideas and books and theories and stuff is great. But if you're not actually applying it to a person and being tested and not tested, but, you know, like coming across things that you need to work on or fix it's just theoretic it's like you doing your driving test without actually driving a car i kind of realize that you're just doing the theory it's like just having your theory and like trying to drive a car or whatever yeah doesn't make sense i agree and i think to be honest how do you know when you're fully healed because 
I said to you a couple of months ago that I was fully, totally healed. And in all honesty, I don't know what that means. I think what I meant by that was that I'm ready for a new relationship, right? Oh, she's ready. I've been ready. been ready. I've been ready. I've been ready for a long time. But obviously there's no one here that wants to have a relationship with me. So that's fine. No one here. I mean, no one that you have chosen you want it to sound like it's my decision that's fine i like that i appreciate no that. i want i want it to be your decision no it is your decision it is your decision it is my decision but I, you know there's there's no one so that's lovely that's me there's we <laughs> we have this relationship <laughs> yeah right but um but what i was gonna say is like last week i kept having dreams about my ex and i was like ew why what kind of dreams am i having sex dreams? just horrible no just no, horrible joking, ones sorry. like I was out somewhere and then he saw me and he was following me around trying to chat to me. And then there was another one where he was like, I'm going to make it work with you. We're going to make it work, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, I'm running away. Get me away. Um, so I woke up thinking, why am I having dreams about him? Am I not over it? But Did you I go and Google it. what it meant then? No, I was like, I'm not going to do it. I don't want to get involved. I don't think having dreams about someone is an indication about you being or not being over them. I literally just think, you know, sometimes say if I think about one thing for one second in the day, I could then have a dream about it at night. I don't, I just think it's our thoughts and the way shit goes. I don't think it is that deep. I don't think it means you're not over it. I remember I was treated really badly by someone I didn't even really care about um, when I was in sixth form and I had dreams about them, same dreams for like a year. That doesn't mean like I secretly love them or want to be with them and I'm not over it. It's just, no. yeah, I don't know. But anyway, let's move on from me. So hey. we've, we've decided now that, yeah, we don't need to be fully healed, et cetera, et cetera. Like what does fully healed even mean? What does it look like? What does it sound like? But Hadeep's told me earlier this week she's going to try <laughs> something new. I did something really funny, actually. So I was talking to someone, we were hanging out and then they, I actually brought up, I was like, is there a vibe? Like, is there a vibe here? We, I think we've both like flirted in the past. And then they were like, yeah, maybe. And then I shit myself, ran away. I was like, no, no way. Absolutely not. And then wait, what was the? Why did you shit yourself? Uh, I ran away, I'd say because, yeah, we've got a relationship that I don't want to damage. So when I changed my mind, I messaged and I was like, I am open to opportunities and romantic opportunities with this person and then I messaged back after with like a little star and I said work opportunities just to like style it out and act like I didn't wait you messaged that person <laughs> to say you're open to opportunities for romance. and then you said work opportunities yeah I just had to, had to like bring it back so what was said back to you he knew what I was saying I think no, actually, he didn't. You know what? He no. You know what? He didn't know what I was saying. Actually, I had to spell it out. I don't know what language. What? How did you spell it out? What did you say? <laughs> he was like, "You said work opportunities," and I was like, "Yeah, that was obviously a joke." I was trying to like start it out and make out. So, what? Where? Where are we at right now? What's going on right now? See, I'm gonna see what happens. Um, you're chatting to someone, and you've let them know that your intent is to be open for romantic connections. Yes. So you've actually followed Mark Groves' advice, have I? Yeah, because you've let him know your intentions. Yes, I finally listened to Mark Groves and I'm trying, I'm trying and I'm noticing things. I'm noticing that I'm trying to, I'm looking for a reason to run away. I'm trying to make scenarios up, like looking, and I'm, I'm, any reason to run out the door, I'm looking for it. And I know that, I'm not saying that's a good thing. I've recognised that that's what I'm trying to do. But that's about, that's about being self-aware. So that's part of your healing. Yeah, I just. So you're already healing more by doing this. Do you see that? There you go, mate. There you go. 
guys, so we have a new stance on this and you can't be fully healed. Like, don't let the thought of being fully healed hold you back from a new relationship because you will heal as you move forward into this new relationship. We'll see what happens. I'll give you any fun updates. If I finally pop my cherry again, I'll tell you straight away. <laughs> She'll send me a video, mate. <laughs> you wish. <laughs> Thank you. Next. Before we get into our relationship lessons, which are from Promising Young Woman, we're going to just take a minute Take a minute or two or three to say thank you next to some shit that's gone down in the world this week. So this week, Tian Wayne Body has gone number one. Basically the first drill song to go to number one. And it is literally everywhere, all over TikTok, all over Instagram. Just in case people don't recognize it from its title, give us a little lyrical representation. All right. So basically we're going to talk about the remix, which features Ardy and the lyric that has basically everyone has doing videos to even really cringy American people doing like happy mime videos. So basically the lyric that people are talking about is, have you seen the state of her body? Mad. If I beat it, I ain't wearing a Johnny. Ha. That's the ad lib. Um, and yeah, so it's gone viral. The song's number one. People are chatting about it and making videos. Uh, one thing I want to chat about is how do we actually feel about that lyric in the remix? I'm going to say it's definitely the most popular because it's like standout and people have reacted to it quite a lot online. My first reaction is quite mixed. When I first heard it, I was quite triggered because, I mean, I've had this experience, the negative consequences of this experience. Yeah, so it happened to me. And honestly, like, it's definitely got to be hands down one of the worst times of my life where I actually could not get out of my room for weeks. Uh, it's really sad, isn't it? Raj. Well, obviously this lyric is about stealthing and it's kind of glorifying stealthing and being like, look at her body, like raw, like she's fucking fine. I ain't wearing a condom when I'm in her. Also, just because she's fine, that means you're not going to wear a condom. Is it about stealthing or is he saying, I want to have her babies? I don't know what he's saying, yeah? Not sure, but yeah, people are saying it's stealthing. Yeah, one of the connotations is definitely stealthing. And the first time I heard this lyric, I thought it was funny. Yeah, I was just like, ha ha ha, whatever, because... Yeah, because the word Johnny is funny, isn't it? No, that's not why I was laughing. I'm not laughing at the word Johnny or anything like that. I'm laughing at the lyrics. And I think that is actually something that we do a lot with just this, this genre, like not drill necessarily or even grime, anything, yeah? Anything that is a male rapping their shit, yeah, that isn't conscious. We are so used to hearing that shit that we're used to laughing it off and we're used to mm. not being like, oh, like this is serious or we've got to take this serious. Or da, 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 da. And obviously not everything's serious. Not Like he might be saying he wants to wife her. I don't know. Maybe that's what he's saying. But for just the sake of like the other interpretation is that, yeah, like she's got a hot body. I don't want to wear a Johnny. Does she know you're not wearing a Johnny? Is she aware yeah. of that? And also that is on the woman, isn't it? It's always on the fucking woman. If you've just gone through something like this, like I remember like, you know, where things have happened where like, you know, we're not wearing protection or whatever. And, you know, there's always that conversation of like, are you getting the morning after pill or am I getting it? Do you know what I mean? And it's like... Yeah, I've heard it so many times where it's a woman's responsibility. Fuck off. And it's, and this is what I mean. So it's like, are you are you getting that morning after pill, homie? Or is the other person? This is not about man-hating. This is genuinely like, oh my God, contraception. And the fact that it's all on the woman is mad we can take this we can have all these side effects none of this is fun what makes this whole thing even worse is that on tiktok like people use sounds and those sounds are already like 
pre-cut bits of the song. Mm. So this is the bit that's being utilized by everyone and it's like a trending sound, et cetera, et cetera. So everyone's using it. And like, like you said, Americans are using it and they're just doing ballet dances to it. Or Fuck knows what they're doing. They're like, they're happy, like miming it. They don't know what it means, surely. Well, you do. know, you kind of hope, like, did they even look at, I don't know. Cause I mean, I can hear that very clearly and I'm sure an American could hear that very clearly, like what he's mm. saying, but because that was why I laughed. I thought, oh, what a oh, dumb lyric, yeah? You know what I mean? Mm. But um, I think that of a lot of grime lyrics, but like, I think we are encouraged to just laugh along. There are so many lyrics, stupid lyrics, that are just like, what the fuck is this? What are we actually encouraged to laugh along at? Like, we're, it's not actually funny. Yeah, it's always at the expense of the woman. It's always that we're laughing at ourselves. Why are we laughing at shit that we have to go through and it's then not. we have to go to the ke- to the chemist the next day or the pharmacy or whatever and deal with? Like, no. Mm. It's not hurt. Also, no, that no, no, song no, no, CRB no, 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 check. No. Have you heard it? Uh, like, yeah, but sing it. Quick CRB check to pre up your history. Fuck off. And he's like, I gotta protect my heart. I gotta protect my. Shut up. That's not about protecting your heart. You're trying to protect like your little image, your status amongst your boys to be like, oh, has she slept with any of my boys? And if she has, then see you later. All right, cool, man. That's that's. Good for you, honey. The bottom line is the consequences of not wearing a Johnny are not just like, ha, you obviously don't know any women with that lyric. Also, fam, you're not wearing a Johnny. Like, have you been tested? Yeah, what's up with you, mate? What's your sexual health saying? Do you know? Yeah, quick CRB check, pre-up your history. Yeah. <laughs> and do you know what? Like, is have you ever asked any of your partners that question? Because oh, yeah. I have to my previous partner. Wait, what did you ask? And he assured, I was like, are you clean? Interesting. <laughs> Those are the words he used. Yeah, because I, I spoke to him like he was a crackhead because I was just like, I needed to know, like, are you clean or what? And You do need to ask. Yeah, you do need to ask. But like, you know what? I never asked for proof and I'm getting proof next time. Proof? I don't know how you get proof. Can't you get a written thing of your test? Confirmation of your tests? Mm, they just tell you verbally, don't they? I want something in writing. Okay, well, we'll get them a little private doctor down to see what's going on. No, I think it's normal to ask. Sometimes I'll just say, I think it's kind of jokes as well. Not, oh, I don't think STIs are jokes. Uh-huh, it's so funny. But like, it's not like something that's really bad or like really shameful or whatever. So I don't see an issue being like, huh, he had an STI. <laughs> so I just, or do you have any right now? Like, he, I mean, I'm not, I'm not having sex. So I guess maybe my opinion would change. Who knows? Anyway. What are you saying thank you next to? I'm saying thank you next to men making jokes about contraception because it ain't a fucking joke, mate. It ain't a fucking joke. Thank you next. We mentioned earlier that this episode is about one of the most earth-shattering revenge movies ever made, Promising Young Woman. So this is an official spoiler alert. If you haven't seen the film and you want to watch it without any spoilers, please come back to this episode once you've seen it. It's currently on Sky Cinema if you want to watch it and Now TV. I actually told Hardeep to watch it for free on Now TV by signing up for a seven day trial subscription. Now TV, don't come for us. Don't come for us. You know, I watched it and as soon as I watched it, I went and cancelled my membership. I was like, I ain't letting these shits take my money. Now, before we get started, we do want everyone to know that this film does deal with sexual assault and we are going to be discussing the sensitive subject matter of the film as well as our own experiences. So if you think that this one might not be for you, please feel free to listen to any of our other episodes instead. So we said last week that this film is a movie that every man and woman should actually see. Hardy, before we get into anything, 
you've seen it you've seen it fresh like obviously everyone heard what i thought about it last week what are your thoughts about this movie you kind of understand that the character is going to have it's like loads of little stories and little perspectives and you kind of find out that you've got one and i was excited to find out the rest like how's the next one going to pan out how is she going to like i was looking forward to see how all the little stories were going to unfold i found that quite exciting i liked that the subject matter was serious but also ridiculous stereotypes at the same time uncomfortable to watch at times like we said it's beautiful the set the colors the cinematography the props the set like her outfits the styling everything is just so bright and peppy and it's bold yeah it just looks like a peppy fun movie but (laughs) it's actually about something so serious and i thought one of the most interesting things about it is that no matter what what it's about they never mention the words rape Mm. or sexual assault once not even once in this whole film and that just shows how powerful the message of this movie is and how powerful this movie is because it shows you everything without showing you it. Like we never see a sexual assault happen. Which I'm really glad because you could hear a bit of it. And to me, I was, I noticed like my breathing had changed. I I didn't, I didn't want to see it, you know, obviously. Even how they handled those parts where you heard like the tape. I thought what was good about it is that you couldn't hear her. You could just hear the men. Yeah. I think that's it. It makes them so, they look so ridiculous. I did find this review from a man online. So it says, just go and see it with your mind open. Don't think about your own life, your ego or status. Very interesting choice of words there. Let your guard down and take in the visually stunning genre glitch of a film that Promising Young Woman is. Let it show you the other side. He's obviously talking to other men here. Mm Mm-hmm. He said, it can help you understand so much. It can be painful at first, but it allows you to have meaningful discussions with your friends. It's not about you. It's about the other 50% of the world's population that haven't really had a voice before. And what a terrifying, awesome voice it is and only too justified. It has made me reflect on my actions when I am out with a friend and say if my friend was really drunk, like in the past, I've had very low tolerance for that behavior and I'd leave. But also after watching, like, I May Destroy You as well, because obviously this kind of reminded me of that, I wouldn't be so, just so dumb and leave. Imagine if my friends had done that to me. There's been times where I've been so drunk. I remember I was in my friend's bed and she. next thing I knew I was in her pajamas the next day. I don't remember getting into those pajamas at all. And imagine if that was some random... Yeah, no, if someone's drunk and I'm out with them, like I I actually just go home with them. Even if it's like, let's say it's like DJ EZ and I've paid shitloads of money to see DJ EZ, I'll still go home. Like there's nothing I could do. Fuck it. What can you do? You know what I mean? Um, it's not worth it. I'm even scared of leaving that person in the, in the hotel room alone in case they puke and they swallow their puke and die. That's how mad I am. Breaking Bad taught me never, you know, never. I can't, I can't do it. Um, Mm. But just to recap the movie very, very quickly, it is, you meet Cassie, who's played by Kerry Mulligan, and you can see that she is getting revenge on the men in her town by pretending to be drunk, getting, like, obviously, she's not getting them to take her home, but they are pretending to be nice and taking her home, and then they always end up taking her back to theirs, and they try and have sex with her, and during the beginning of that process, she gets up and she sobers up very quickly and she's like, what are you doing? So it, they they have like the shock of their life and that's kind of what she's doing to kind of avenge her friend's experience, which you later 
it's never fully said what happens to her, but just from your own interpretation, the way I've interpreted it is that there was a gang rape um, and she killed herself afterwards and Cassie wasn't around for for that time, like when that, whenever that happened. And Cassie is holding the guilt for not being around and because she's holding on to that and she feels that she wasn't there for her, she is avenging her death and everything that happened to her by getting revenge on all the men. Um, and there are so many opening scenes, even the opening scenes where it's like just loads of men's groins just grinding around like in a club and they're playing that song. I was busy thinking about boys. Yeah. It's just a juxtaposition because like everyone loves that song. And it's like, you're thinking about boys. Like, yeah, we're like all like chatting about, oh, we want this boy on Friday, this boy or whatever. Mm. But like, what about them? What are they thinking about us? Like, we don't even think about that shit. Mm. There's a scene like straight after where she meets the first nice man and she's walking home and she gets catcalled by builders. And the way she deals with the builders is she just literally stares at them, stops, stands, like takes a really strong stance. You know, like like in yoga, they teach you take a strong stance now. She takes a really strong, strong stance and she just stares back at them. And they're like, they 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 start cussing her. They don't know what to do. First, they're like, Okay, what's she doing? And then, yeah, they just think, uh, they start cussing her and they're like, what, you can't take a joke, lady? You can't take a joke? It wasn't a joke. They were like, get yourself some plan B. I don't know. Oh, is that what they were saying? I couldn't even hear their catcalls. I couldn't even hear their catcalls. Oh, I listened to everything on subtitles. Oh, you had the subs on. All right, yeah, I couldn't couldn't (laughs) hear what they were. I I just heard like, it's a a joke. You can't take a joke. And then they're like, fuck you. But she acted like such a badass. And it was like, remember like we've talked about times where we've been walking alone and like, you know, people have said stuff to us or people are even looking, men are looking at us. And it's like, we we avert our eyes and we're like pretending to be on the phone and stuff. She actually just looked them in their face and was like, yeah, what kind of thing? This film makes men's behavior, it kind of like magnifies it and makes it look very ridiculous. Honestly, and this is the first time I've actually seen that because usually when I see cat calls and stuff, like women are usually like either like saying something back and being really sassy and laughing it off as we just laughed off that lyric earlier. Mm. And she's just being really serious about it. She's just like, yeah. She she didn't say anything. She was just standing there like, mm, eating her hot dog. It was great. With the oh, and I, ketchup going I down that. her Because the way that that shot started, yeah, the ketchup was on her leg. So it's like, did she kill that guy? You're like, is it blood? Mm, yeah, but then yeah, yeah. you see she's eating a hot dog and the ketchup is falling. And I just thought it's just, it's playing with your emotions constantly, this movie. And I mm. loved that. And I just think you couldn't tell where it was going to go. And that was the yeah, that was the best thing about it. Next things next, you find out that she's dropped out of college since this incident happened to her best friend. She was in med school. She's no longer in med school. She's working in a calf. And by day, she works in a calf. By night, she avenges all her friends, you know, issues and goes and does all this stuff to men. She doesn't do anything violent to the men. She just scares them. Yeah, she just she's playing with their mind. Which is a very ballsy thing to do. Like she literally goes into their houses, pretends to be drunk. Actually, she's not even really playing with their mind. She's just showing them how ridiculous their behavior is by pretending to be drunk and then pretending to be, and then being sober. She does scare them off because mm. she says to one of the guys, she's like, I'm not even the worst one out here. There's one of us out here who does this, who cuts men's dicks off or something like that. She says something along those lines. So she's mm. scaring them so they don't do it to other women. Yeah. So she is actually trying to like stop this from happening to other women in her. She's like Batman. Basically she is. She's fucking Batman, yo. Like this is, they need to make a superhero movie with Kerry Mulligan in it now, like after this. The turning point of the movie is when she actually meets this guy who wants to date her and she ends up giving him a chance only for her to find out 
A, like he went to uni with her, that like she knows all of that, blah, blah, blah. But she finds out that he was actually involved in the incident. Not for raping her friend, but he filmed it all. And then that's where things take a turn. One thing about this, though, is my housemate walked in when I was watching it and he absolutely hates it. He thinks it's trash. What is what is it that he hated? I don't think it's anything to do with the actual merit of the thing. It's just the people involved. He's not a fan of the way that they're all middle class, whatever. Yeah, but that shouldn't be a problem because this stuff happens to all women, including middle class white women. So for him to kick up a fuss over that, it's like, but she's still a woman. Like that was all intentional because, you know, when... Obviously, at the end, we're just going to say it now. She dies. I was reading up some interviews from Emerald Fennell and she actually said that the power of a young middle-class white woman who's dead is so strong. The police pay more attention to dead white women, right, than any other, than dead black women, dead Asian women, anything, right? And they wanted to utilise that because that was why, in the end, when she died, the police paid so much attention to her death because... She was mm. a white woman who was, who could have been a promising young woman. Do you get it? Mm-mm. So it's interesting that that someone would look at this and just be like, "Oh, but it's just about a white woman." Like, da 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 da. I think he was just being a bit of a hate app. What he was saying to me as well is that it's it's like nepotism. Like her dad works in the industry, and um, yeah, that's why this has happened, and it's been like so easy for her or whatever. There have been people who have said that and suggested that Kerry Mulligan shouldn't have played this role. And that it almost wasn't believable that she was playing this role because she's not hot enough to play this role. And they actually, it was either Variety, but it was one of the reviewers. And he basically wrote that because Margot Robbie produced this movie, that Margot Robbie should have played this character instead of Kerry Mulligan because that would have been more believable. That's so insane. How dare somebody say that? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I've seen guys stalk anyone. So I just think it's really interesting that people are kicking off the, that Kerry Mulligan's cast in this or Kerry Mulligan has a career, etc., etc. But I thought she was excellent in this movie. No, I agree. I don't think at any point I was like, oh, this is unbelievable or anything like that. But you know, the whole title, the, the film's title is called Promising Young Woman, right? Mm-hmm. So there's loads of theories out there about this title being a reference to this case of this dude called Brock Turner in the States. He's a Stanford mm-hmm. student and he was... Convicted of sexual assault oh. and intent to rape. Despite being convicted, he only spent three months in jail, which isn't a long time. Mm-hmm. And every time the press wrote about him or did like stories about him, he was referred to as a promising young man. That makes me sick. And they also say it in the film when they're talking about the case, the main guy who was basically involved in the incident in the film and the dean of the university says, oh, you could ruin a man's life. Like, it's like the the value of their life is so much more. What? There was an interview and they actually put that, that point forward to Emerald Fennell in an interview and she turned around and said that the only time that a woman is called a promising young woman is when their life is over. Yeah. And I think that the last time I kind of remembered that happening was when, you know, the girl who got abducted in London this year that is how she was described and I think that's that's crazy that like when men do something wrong like let's say they've shot someone let's say they've murdered someone let's say they've gone on a a rampage they've done all this stuff they get called promising young men but literally a woman can only get that title when her life is over it's our expectations of our like 
ideas of what women are though in it when we do something bad like if a woman turns out to have done a really bad crime it's so much worse because it's like oh yeah she's meant to be a loving mother motherly figure a nice woman and when it's a man it's like yeah that's okay because that's expected because he's a predator or whatever we're expected to forgive men for doing all of that stuff like we're meant to be like oh it's okay like re let's rehabilitate him let me rehabilitate my fist in your face <laughs> You know what's crazy is that that didn't even click for me. But if you think about the way that they've used that title, you knew, if you knew that, you knew what would happen at the end. You would see it coming, right? That's mad. I didn't know this until we had this conversation. But yeah, I've never heard a girl be called promising. And never. And you know what? I just think, why haven't I ever been called a promising young woman before? I've been to uni. I got my degree. I got my job. I did this. I went into the industry that I set out to go into. Why has no one ever said, she's a very promising young woman, darling? It is very clever. Why has it? It is very clever. Do I have to die for you guys to call me that? I'll start calling you every episode now. And I'll, when people say, describe Raj, I'll say... <laughs> Raj is a promising young no, woman. When we when we write our press release for our podcast description, we're going to write... Um, no, people think we're Raj dead. Raj and Hardeep are two promising young women. I'm pretty sure someone's probably described us as that in the past. No, they really... Trust me, they haven't. They have. They really... No one said, oh, she's a very promising young woman. Why didn't anyone write that on my school report? She's a promising young woman. Thanks, but uh, next. We're going to get into our lessons so one taught me not all women have your back boy this was a big one notorious big it was very big so in this film obviously the main character is a woman there's loads of guys and when she discusses the case of her friend with an old college friend and also the dean of the college who are both women uh, well there's part of me as a woman that i was like oh, they'll get it, they'll understand, they'll listen or they'll have some empathy because they are women. And it's shocking how both of these women actually were so reluctant to help or to discuss the issue. They were kind of like trying to sweep it under the carpet or act like it wasn't such a big deal. That happened ages ago. Oh, I don't remember. They were making excuses. You know, they didn't like tell us everything, but the way that it was hinted was that that girl, uh, Madison, she was friends with both Nina and Cassie at college. And so when Cassie goes and has lunch with her, she's kind of like, you know, we were all friends. Like, why didn't you say anything? Also, how can you not act like one friend's dead now? How can the dean not know that this girl is dead and there was an allegation attached to this woman? It was like a reluctance to help be involved or be associated with what happened. It later turns out that the when she kind of tries to chat to the dean and kind of blackmails her, I guess, by bringing in the dean's daughter, that's when the dean starts taking it seriously. And she kind of like mind tricks Madison into thinking that something happened with her and a man when she got drunk. And that's only when they take it seriously, when it applies to them. And you just, I don't know, I felt a bit disappointed that, yeah, these two women in the, in the film, they did not have the main characters back at all. They didn't have any women's backs. And it was clear, like with the Dean as well, with her conversation and stuff, she was going on about how A, she doesn't remember. And then she kind of did this thing, which Madison also did, which was like, none of us want to admit when we've made ourselves vulnerable by drinking or anything like that. So like, and Cassie was like, but what? So she shouldn't have been drinking. And Madison said the same thing. She was kind of like, yeah, but she was always trash. She was always getting drunk. She was always doing this. And I think there's this real mad stereotype out there that if you get drunk or you're a party girl or whatever, that you're asking for it or that you, 
you are putting yourself in a situation where you're making yourself vulnerable. No, you're getting drunk. You're enjoying yourself. You're living your life. Like you're not making yourself vulnerable. If someone's out there that wants to do something to you, that's not on you, is it? As women, we're also vigilant, aren't we? Let's say you go to a bar, you order a drink. We're already like, if the bar's busy, you're already kind of like keeping your eye on your drink. Like, is anyone going to spike my drink? Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, we we have to be. We're taught to be and we need to be. And then the dean then goes on to say, what would you have me do? Ruin a young man's life? I have to give him the benefit of the doubt. It make, Oh, it makes me sick. And this compared to the men's behavior the men are always protecting the men in this film and it's like it becomes more and more obvious they've always got each other's back even at the end when al kills cassie his friend runs in he's like almost like hold he's holding him and he's like you didn't do anything you didn't do it you had to do this and he's just killed her whereas like we're talking about sexual assault and there there's no women have your back but I was saying to you before that I've actually been guilty of doing this, even though I've experienced sexual assault when I was younger, uh, when I was a teenager, it does affect my life today. It still affects like my relationships and the way I operate. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. However, it happened to my friend when she was at uni and I was still in sixth form. She'd gone on to, off to uni or maybe I was working and we used to hang out and she's like a typical Asian girl where her family were really strict and she wasn't allowed to go out. So she went to uni, not far away, a little bit far away so she could live there on purpose so she could live a life. And I was all for it. I was like, yeah, mate, do it, live life, whatever. You know, I wanted her to live a great life. And she started like acting up a bit in my opinion. I was quite judgmental back then. I'd say... She was getting drunk all the time, going to places like buying dresses um, and then returning on the next day after she's worn them once to the shop with like alcohol dripped down it. And she told me a, an incident had happened with a guy and I did not believe her. And I've, it's honestly one of the, probably one of the most idiotic things that I've done is to not believe her because why would you lie? And it's happened to me in the past where I'm one of the guys who assaulted me. I did tell his girlfriend and she didn't believe me. And why would someone make up a lie like this? Yeah, and I was really shitty. And I judged her based on the fact that she was out getting pissed, chatting to loads of guys, chatting to loads of older guys, having guys come over and stuff. When this happened, yeah, I didn't I didn't believe her. And then later down the line, I did try and address it and say, you know, I, I fucked up. But I mean, when someone's not there for you in a time like that, I do not blame her. But yeah, I'm definitely guilty of not having a girl's back. Yeah. I mean, I've had that sort of happen to me where 
personal things have happened to me, not sexual assault, but things that have been life-changing and, and distressing. And when I've shared those things with other women, they've just straight up told me, no, that's not true. That can't be true. That's not true. No, you're lying. And they've said it with so much conviction. Is that because they don't believe the other person involved is capable of... I don't know. But and the way I dealt with it was really stupid as well, is that I just... Uh, I was like, yeah, it's true. Why would I lie? And because I knew I wasn't lying, I was all right with it. And I was all right with how how stupid they were being, but I shouldn't have been. And I should have like really been like, fuck you. Like, I'm not talking to you anymore, but I didn't. And I carried on. It's hard though. Yeah, it is hard. But like, if that happened now, I'd be like, fuck you, we over. Now you know yourself that you would be like that. Yeah, I was about, I would say I was about 18 when this happened. Mm. You know, I look back on that and I just think, who did you think you were saying I'm lying to me or I don't believe you? Like, why would I know people do lie about things, but like, I'm only telling you, I'm not out here trying to tell the press and the Daily Mail. Do you know what I mean? I mean, even if you were. No, but I'm confiding in one person. Like, it's different if I'm telling like a massive bunch of people, but I'm literally telling one person. Like, come on. I think it's really sad. I'm really glad that this movie has kind of covered that aspect that it's like we're always the first to be like not all men guys not all men are rapists and not all men are assaulted like not all men are this but this film actually addresses that not all women are your girls girls not all women are going to believe you when you confide in them about something that is serious or real to you and not all women are going to support you and have your back and raise their voice for you on on your behalf or anything like that they're not. And you'd think that a woman like a Dean, especially like the casting in this film is so smart because Connie Britton typically plays really likable characters. Like she's previously been in Nashville. She's in this other show, I think it's like an mm -hmm. ambulance and 999 show. And then she's in that Dirty John, right? So I was really excited to see her because I was like, Raina James, Nashville, woo! And then it was- just, Even I was excited. Yeah. And then it was just like, oh, you're, but you're a dick in this film. You're a dick. You're actually like, a bitch. And, and I just think it's, it's just- this film has got the balls to tackle all of those subjects head on to be like, it's not only the men that are dicks, women can be dicks too. And I think sometimes, we're, you know, as women, we don't like to admit that. We don't like to be like, yeah, you know, you get girls out there and women out there that say those things. And it's, it's important as well that like, you know, you've come on the podcast today and you said there was a time where I, I acted like that and I didn't believe someone. It was down to as well, like I used to get all the Asians from the Midlands we all know each other. Oh, do you? Well, yeah, we, everyone from the different school, you know, the Asians at the next school, the next school, next. And there's a lot of talk. You chat to one person, one person makes up a rumor about you and reputation and shame was a massive thing. I thought my value was being a virgin. I really did. I thought that was so important. I thought that was, I literally thought it was so fucking important. And obviously it fucking is not, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I feel fucking shit about that. It's probably one of the dumbest things I've done. Not being there to support your friend when she's going through something that is absolutely horrific and not believing her. Do you see where that all came from? Your value being a virgin and all of that. That's all come from everything that patriarchy and Asia, especially Asian patriarchy has told you. 100%. It was definitely Asian people because there was not really many Asians in my primary school. But as soon as I got into secondary school, I got labelled a slag in year eight. And that really from older kids. Why? I don't know. I was quite mouthy. I'd chat a lot. I'd chat to a lot of people. 
but I was just talking. So that made you a slag. Wow. Even so bad that... Is this what the Midlands are like? This is what the Midlands are like. There was this one DJ who... <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> honestly, there was this one DJ um, who was way older than me, like five years older than me, who made up a rumour that I gave him head behind Clinton's and that was like an ongoing joke that I gave him head behind Clinton's. He's like five years older than me. He's disgusting. Sorry, he's really disgusting. Um, but I won't forget that. I mean... It's been a long time. And how old were you at the time? You're year quite eight, young. Year eight, year nine. He was saying these things about me. So year eight, year nine, you're about 14, 15? Younger, 13, 14. 14, 13. You're 13, around, isn't it? Also yeah. around the time when I actually did get assaulted and people were saying, yeah. I was going through a hard time. My parents were getting divorced. I was just trying, I was trying to people, yeah. As you would be as a teenager, standard. It's pretty standard procedure. Your parents are like spending all their time arguing. I had to talk to somebody. Even if your parents weren't getting a divorce, that's what normal teenagers do. You chat to people. Yeah, yeah. I, d I wasn't, I fucking wasn't asking for it. That's it. But yeah, anyway. Um, so when it did come to my friend, I was trying to take, be like moral, pure, pure human or something. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't want to be associated with that or get involved in that. You're probably trying to get away from it because of what you went through previously. Yeah, who knows? But yeah, believe your fucking friends when they say stuff like that because who the fuck is going to make up that? And if someone said to me that I was lying about it, which they did, that was actually really hurtful. I still remember it. I'm 29. I still remember th these things. <sighs> believe your mates, man, because they're going to lie about shit like this. Hopefully. So what are you saying thank you next to? I am saying thank you next to not having your girls back. Just have your have their back, man. Just be a good lad. Next. One top me. You don't have to have done the crime to be complicit. And you should be doing the time if you're complicit. Tell me, Raj, because when we were talking about this, you're very passionate. Yeah, this goes back to, I think I have said this previously, but Madison had this video the whole time. She had this evidence the whole time. And with that evidence, had it have been around, you know, there might not have been a death. There might not have been a suicide. There might not have been a reason for another promising young woman to die. Because actually in this movie, two promising young women died, right? Even though Madison didn't commit a crime... She was obviously there. She also viewed the video. She knew there was a video. She did nothing. She distanced herself from these women. And then she convinced herself that nothing happened. Mm -hmm. Then she was all like, la, 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 la. Everything's fine in my world. Oh, are you married though? <laughs> Stupid bitch. <laughs> she really irritated me with that content. No, she yeah. goes, oh, have you had kids yet? Oh, and she's like, no, they'll come. Will they? Shut up. Anyway. Does every woman need to have kids to be valued? Yes. <sighs> Absolutely not. <sighs> there was also the boyfriend, Ryan. Now, he didn't necessarily do the crime, but both him and Madison were both guilty. While Madison had evidence, Ryan not only witnessed the assault, which was an assault that took place, it sounds like via multiple people. You can hear multiple guys like, yeah. Ooh. And then you can hear him going, ow, oh, oh my God, ow, oh, that's wild. Ugh. And he's filming the video. So he actually filmed it. He filmed it. He turned it into something that was then shared amongst people and laughed at. I'll give them one grace is that it sounded like the girls didn't know that this video existed. Mm. So that's something. But you, you are still just as guilty as these other men. So even like the Dean to a certain extent, she's also guilty because she's allowed this to happen on her campus without an investigation. She didn't 
it's clear she didn't even have an investigation. She was just like, I couldn't ruin a, ma a young man's life. Yes, can. I couldn't do this, blah, blah, blah. And like innocent until proven guilty. But was there a trial for him to be discussed and for those things to be discussed, whether he is innocent or guilty? It doesn't sound like it. So even though these people didn't necessarily do those things, like Madison didn't fuck someone like without consent and neither did ryan and neither did the dean they're all complicit in different ways mm -hmm. ryan has this thing in his head where he he thinks that he isn't guilty he acts like he's removed a little bit he doesn't he knows about where the bachelor party is yeah he knows where al's bachelor party is and he's not there and like he's not one of al's best men but he's still at the wedding yeah and he still protects him at the end Oh, the other thing that he does at the end is that the detective comes in to see him because he's the ex-boyfriend or the boyfriend. And he he asks, like, when did you break up? Okay, okay, oh, she's gone missing. And he's like, instead of being like, oh my God, like she's gone missing. He's like, what do you mean she's gone missing? Like, where where is she? Blah, blah, blah. And then she, he's like, oh, they said she said she had a work trip. And obviously she's referring to going to the bachelor party. And this guy still, even that is his chance to be like, you know what? This is where she went. I know she went here because she mentioned it to me. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She mentioned she went to a work trip. Yeah. He's still covering for these guys, even though he knows that Cassie has gone missing after going to see these guys. What does that imply immediately in your head? Where's Probably doesn't want to get himself in trouble. Dickhead. The other thing I thought was interesting is the fact that Copper comes in. And he's like, you're a doctor. Thanks for all the work you do. And also the fact that he's a pediatric doctor. So he works with kids. That's even more like fucked up. It's irritating how he responds. So when Cassie actually says, I know you were there kind of thing, he tries to be like, yeah, but I love you. I love you. As if that makes any difference in the crime that he's done or... Oh my God. When she confronts him, he says, I love you like three times. No one cares. <laughs> and this is another thing. Why do men use I love you as almost like a weapon? Mm. You know, like when you're playing a, a computer game and you get a life you you know you mm. get a one yeah, yeah an extra yeah, life you get an extra life and it makes that noise like chin, 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 i've got an extra life woo it they use i love you like that like hey i've got an extra life i love you give me your extra life nah. and he was almost doing that to her and she was kind of like no like she wasn't having it and then he goes and cusses her and causes her a failure which just shows that when you have a fight with someone and they turn around and start going for personal things about you she dropped out of um, med school and then he calls her a failure you really know people's true colors when you're in a fight i can't tell you how many times that's happened and i i was so hurt by it but i just thought oh he was angry mad nope has that happened to you has anyone ever reacted like crazy in a fight with you no i've done that to other people have you <laughs> yeah, yeah. good for you good for you man an example of not actually doing the crime but being complicit in my own life is i had a friend who came to stay with me we weren't that close but she's a little bit younger than me and i felt like a level of protection of her she actually only came to visit me so she could go hang out with another man and she was in a relationship. But I didn't realise till after. Was she brown? Yeah. Brown girls do this all the time. Yeah, I didn't realise um, that she was doing it to me until after. Anyway, so she stayed at my place. She was like using, abusing it. Coming back when she wanted like literally late, going early and just, just hanging out with these guys all day and influencing people. And then her boyfriend started messaging me. Her boyfriend, who I don't know, I've never met. I just knew of him, was messaging me like, is she there? she said she was coming home then i contacted her and it turns out she told me she was going home but she'd actually gone to stay at this guy's house um 
she had told me the story that her ex, well, her boyfriend back home is really controlling and, you know, she's younger than me. I felt really bad for her. I've been in controlling relationships, so I felt bad for her. And yeah, I was technically complicit because I was like, yeah, she's gone home when I knew she hadn't. I knew she was still in London with this other guy. I don't know. But in this situation, is it my place to get involved and be like, oh yeah, she's still here. We were barely friends. And she told me he was controlling. I was kind of like happy that she was getting on with her life. And I didn't know she was with a man. I thought she was just with friends kind of thing. But I found out later that she was with a dude. Have you ever been complicit? Um, I'm trying to think about that, but I've never really known someone that's cheated. You know me. I'm an emotional, I've emotionally cheated. Yeah, but I've never had to protect you for emotionally cheating. That whole scenario that you just talked about, it just reminded me of like, you know, when Rita Ora cheated on Calvin Harris. Uh, with who? And the driver... The driver basically took her to the other guy's place. Calvin Harris's driver. Yeah. Have you not heard about this story? No. So when, oh God, I hope I don't get sued. I don't know. Anyway. So when Rhea Ora cheated on Calvin Harris, like she said that she was going away for work and the driver was meant to take her to the airport, but the driver actually took her to the other man's house. And then three days later, he picked her up from the other man's house again and brought her back to Calvin Harris's place. So I don't know how that's... The cheek of using someone's driver. I know. I don't know how that story got back to Calvin Harris, but I'm thinking it's the driver, right? Mm. So maybe he was complicit, but then he was like, I'm not going to be complicit anymore. And I'm going to I'm gonna tell Calvin about this. Yeah, but as a driver, you just want to do your job, do your thing. You know, you want to you keep people happy, probably. You know, you don't want to be known as someone getting involved. If you are someone's driver and you're like almost like a part of their extended family, let's say you You've been his driver for years. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But drivers do hear loads. Drivers hear loads. Imagine. The amount of conversations I've had in the car when I'm like stressed. I know, I know. It's insane. So, you know, uh, that's that's what that reminded me of. Okay, so we were kind of talking about how the boyfriend, Ryan, he didn't do the crime, but he's still friends with the people and he's kind of not removing himself from them. He's still around them. Yeah. If you went through that, right. And you recognize that that wasn't a good time and they weren't good people. Why are you going to that person's wedding and validating everything? And also why are you protecting them? Oh yeah. He was at the wedding. He was protecting them, validating them, going to his wedding. This kind of made me think about you are a reflection of the people you surround yourself with. So even though he tries to kind of distance himself, oh, that was old me. That's when we were young. We were kids back then. We didn't know anything you're still friends with them. And yeah, I've seen a lot recently online about you being like the average of the people that you hang out with or being the same as the people you hang out with. And Julie Adenuga posted a note thing from Will Smith on her Insta this week. And it was basically, when you look around at the six people that you spend the most time with, that is who you are. I think that in making those decisions in who you are going to be married to, who your friends are going to be, those are really huge critical life decisions. Who gets to talk to you every day is almost like the food you eat. It is a very huge critical situation to choose who the people are that you are spending your life with, spending your time with, and who you are choosing to give your love and everything to. So basically, Ryan Madison, fuck off. (laughs) What's really dumb about this guy is that it feels like he's trying to be cool by hanging around with these other guys. Yeah, he's a loser though. He's actually so... Yeah. He's a dork. That's why he's not one of the best men. Do you get it? Mm. He's trying to be cool by association. That's why he was the one filming. 
Because he's not fully the guy that's going to go and do the shit, but he's the guy that wants to be cool by association with the guys that are doing the shit and doesn't care how far he will go to be cool by association. We were saying as well, like, have we ever done that? Have you ever noticed that you've looked around at the people you're with and maybe you're becoming like them? I know 100% while I've been hanging out with bitchy people, I can like kind of get sucked into that a little bit. Yeah. It's like, more, it's harder to shut it down when you've got like gossipy people around you. Have you found that? Yeah, I have. I've been around people who are very gossipy and like to talk about other people's business a lot. And as I'm getting older, I realize I don't really want to be having those conversations. I don't want to talk about other people when I'm catching up with someone. I want to be talking about them and us and maybe a little bit of like common people we know, like just things, but I don't want to be gossiping. I don't want to be being like, oh, are they doing this? And oh, are they doing that? And oh, are they buying houses? Or are they having babies? And if you want to catch up with me, you should just catch up with me. If you want to get the lowdown on everyone in my life, like ask them. Yeah, I think it's easy. I always say to myself, I'm not going to get involved. I'm not going to answer these questions. I'm not going to even give too much information about myself. Now, where I can draw the boundaries is I can I can stop those conversations about other people. That's fine. But then I can't stop giving things away about myself that I say I'm not going to. And that really pisses me off. I was in a place before where I used to talk to a lot of people about a lot of things and I'd feel hurt quite a lot that, I don't know, people weren't giving me the same energy back. But I've noticed it's actually quite easy to not talk about yourself. I've only realized that in the last year or two since like lockdown, because there's so much distance now between us and people. There's only certain people that I would talk to about certain stuff. And then there's extended people where it's just like, you don't even know where to start catching up with them. So therefore you can just leave out so many things. It's actually so easy. And just to talk about other things, maybe like ideas, weather, places to eat. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like when they're asking you very direct questions about things that you don't want to talk about that's where I people do do that I've noticed that they but I always think I think why would you ask me such a this is a very weird question to ask sometimes like yeah. oh how is if imagine if someone come up to you it's like oh where does Hardy live you'd be like mind your own fucking business oh my god people ask me things like that that really annoys me <sighs> comparison though when you left school it's always like competing with who's achieved what and blah, blah, blah. But we're all on so... I don't believe in that shit, man. People need to fucking just... Just allow it. So what are you saying thank you next to? I'm saying thank you next to thinking that even though you haven't done the crime, that you're clear of it and that you're a good person and that you weren't involved, like you were involved, okay? The situation that I described, by the way, am I... <laughs> not, not really, because I feel like you didn't know each other well enough to be involved. The boyfriend tried to lure you into getting involved by calling you and being like, is she here? Is she there? I didn't message back, I don't think. Oh, wait, I said, oh, yeah, I did. My bad, yeah. He had his suspicions. That's my take on that. But, like, th these are very different situations. I feel like if it was, like, if it was someone closer to you, like, if I was cheating and my man was, like, anyway, I wouldn't ever be cheating, by the way, but and my man was, like, oh, Hardy, is she here? And you were, like, no, yeah, she is. She's in the shower. Then, yeah, you're complicit. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Imagine if you were cheating on your man. 
Um, I would, I would lie for you. I know you would, but I'd, you wouldn't have to because I won't cheat. I don't cheat, but anyway. What if your man was cheating on you? Would I tell you? Obviously, I'd tell you, but I'd feel like you're not going to believe me because girls never. You need to tell. No, 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 no. I would get a detective. I'll get proof. And I'll go to that motherfucker. I'll be like kicking the balls. Thank you. Next. So one taught me. The self-described nice guy is anything but nice. What do you mean, honey? We kind of got into this last week with Olivia Junkier and... I've got to stop saying Junkier. With Olivia Junkier and Will King. And they actually told us this story about their colleague, Naomi. She was out coming back from a comedy club and she saw this drunk woman... And she was with this guy and he was, I guess, holding her onto her, walking her around. And they were like, let's go see what's going on here. Let's go see what the relationship is like with these two. And they asked this guy who he was and how he knew this woman. He didn't know her very well. And he was like, I'm going to take her home. And she was like, nah, I think we're going to take her home and we're going to get her to her friends or we're going to help her get home. And he was like, no, 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 but I'm a nice guy. And then I think he, he got a bit aggressive or whatever again proving that he's not a nice guy and then they found out that he had her phone as well and he had turned her phone off like why widow wheel wheel mayday mayday yeah that was one example of like a nice guy but i think in this film pretty much every man that is doing something wrong is describing themselves as a nice guy And the first guy that we see, and I was so excited because remember the first time I went into this movie, I didn't really know fully what it was going to be about. First guy I see is Seth Cohen from the OC, Adam Brody, obviously. And I was so excited to see Seth because I love Seth. Seth is my ultimate crush. Like I love him to bits. And I was like, oh my God, it's Seth Cohen. Yay. And then I was like, oh my God, what's he about to do? Fuck. The casting team apparently went out of their way to hire actors who had played like wholesome, lovely characters to play these characters because they wanted to reinforce the idea that predators can be literally anyone. Predators can be that guy that you think is wholesome and cute in the office who opens the door for you and gets you water and, I don't know, offers you his charger so you can order your Uber home on a night out. They can be people who are friends to you but they might be something else to someone else. And again, a very smart move. And it made that whole thing so much more shocking in the beginning for me as an OC fan. And, you know, statistically, rape or murder victims, like the perpetrator is usually someone that you know. I was just going to say on that note, though, before that, it's interesting that you say that they are likable characters because I've not seen any of these people in anything else before other than Schmidt. But all these people... I believed that they were sleazy from just looking at them and seeing them. But straight away, I was like, you are disgusting. That is so interesting that they made that decision. I think it's very clever. And that's why Schmidt's in this movie, because Schmidt is obviously everyone knows him as being Schmidt. He also actually was in the OC and he played a young Sandy Cohen in the OC. So Seth's dad, like when he was younger. Um, So it's just like, yeah, like all these like characters that you would actually love, usually all these actors that you would actually love. It starts off with Seth. He's like a city worker. He's there with two other city boys and they're looking at her and she's like drunk and she's in her city outfit and they're like, oh, that's just asking for it. They have a conversation, don't they, of who's going to go and have a go, right? And I think before that happens, they're chatting about this girl and Seth all of a sudden diverts the conversation 
back to work stuff. Mm -hmm. So you think, oh, he's a nice guy. He's trying to divert the conversation back to work stuff. But in the end, he's the one that ends up taking her home. Mm. So the whole premise of him taking her home is, oh, how are you getting home? Where's your phone? Do you have an Uber? Shall we call you an Uber? I'll get you an Uber. So he gets her an Uber. And then in the Uber home, he's like, he can see she's wasted because she's like, I'm going to puke. I might puke. And the Uber driver's like, is she going to puke? And she's like, I won't, I won't. And then he's like, come and have a drink at mine. Like mine is on the way home, whatever. And she's like, yeah, okay. And then he says to the Uber driver and the Uber driver can see that she's wasted. Yeah, they've just had the conversation. Like, is she going to be ill? And the Uber driver's like, yeah, okay. Just change the destination. Now you Which do is mad. you do get some Uber drivers that are really woke and will be like, no, I'm not. I'm dropping her home. I'm dropping her to that address. But even looking at her though, the last thing she needs is another drink. And then he gets a drink. Her drink is full to the brim the cup is full and his drink is like a sip oh, I didn't notice that a sip and then when he I didn't sits even yeah then when he sits next to her he knocks it back like he's finished it so she feels pressure to drink her drink and did you see how close he was sitting to her he was sitting on top of her and then this is this is another thing now I can't tell you but men have actually used this line on me you're so beautiful and then they like then they pretend that you've got smudged eyeliner and they actually touch your eyeliner to to fix it I've had that done to me. I thought he was, I thought it was legit, but that's disgusting. Men use that line all the time. It's probably because you don't wear eyeliner, therefore you haven't experienced this, yeah? What the fuck? It's literally a line. So when he did that, I was like, oh my God. And then um, he's like, gosh, you're so pretty. And it's like, just, you know, fucking all the basic. She's wasted. She needs to go to sleep. Then he's on top of her and she's like, what are you doing? And he's like, it's okay. It's safe. You're safe. And he's like taking her pants off. Uh, it makes me sick. It actually makes me sick. So that's the example of nice guy number one. Obviously she gets up and then she's like, what are you doing? And then he's like, oh, fuck. The next scene that it cuts to is the ketchup down her legs. So you're like, oh, did she kill him? But yeah, but she didn't. Mm. because Oh, it's he's just, dead. Just, but that Oops. was like, so do you, and even with all the lines, yeah. So Dippy, I'm going to get on to the next person that we that we wanted to discuss that is the, the nice guys. So McLovin is in this movie. I don't even know McLovin's real name. I just know him as McLovin. You said to me that you didn't even recognize him as McLovin. I didn't even know. Basically, he his character is so disgustingly sleazy. Uh, it's so disgusting. I had no idea that was him. I'm just Googling him now. And yeah, everything about him was just so sleazy. And also the really interesting thing when she's at his... He's like talking at her and she's just like listening or whatever. And then she asks for one thing. She asks for water and the way he rolls his eyes like, oh God. Like it was so hard for him to just get her basic water. He goes, yeah, I'm writing a book and it's about, you know, what it's like to be a guy in the world. And it's like, oh. Like we need another one of those. Yeah, like, oh, you're so fucking original, mate. Like, great, good one, mate. Then like he does the same thing to her. He's like, oh my God, you're so pretty. Why do you wear so much makeup? Like men don't like women who wear a lot yeah, of makeup. Fuck off. He's like, you know, you guys are so much more prettier than us. Oh my God. And then he's like, I see you. I see your freckles and all your imperfections. Ugh. Again, another thing that you'll hear from these cringy, nice guys. I'm genuinely still in shock that that's McLovin, but he was, he played Sleazy so, so well. Again, she does the thing where she's sober and he realizes she's sober. He's like, what are you? Some kind of psycho? And it's so funny because it's like, 
Homie, you're the psycho. You're the one who's trying to sleep with someone who's out cold. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, but she, she says to him, so the first one tried to have sex with her when she was actually out cold. This one woke her up. Yeah. So she wasn't out cold. And she's like, well, at least you tried to wake me up. He wakes her up and then he puts his fingers up her vag. <sighs> That's what he does. I feel sick. That's McLovin. That's another example of, of a nice guy, right? So he kind of says he's a nice guy. Let's just get on to... Ryan really quickly which is the boyfriend we're made to believe that this guy is a lovely guy because when he's like you know you spit into my cup like if you want to you know I said a dickish thing to you she spits in it he drinks it so you think oh, okay like he's really into her fine and he's a doctor a kid's doctor they dance in the pharmacy and they're dancing to a Paris Hilton song yeah so he's like cute he knows a pop song yeah he's in touch with his feminine side I read Emerald Fennell's take on that and she was like we wanted to pick a song where we sh could show that if any guy knew the lyrics of that song you would fall in love with him for knowing that song i know someone i know someone who falls in love with people based on things that they know she's talking about me it's fine okay yeah oh because you did kind of fall in love when you he knew that song because also i have to say that paris hilton track is a banger put respect on it because it is a tune so you automatically think like, oh, he's in touch with his feminine side. So he's a nice guy. I did believe that he was a nice dude. I did believe it. There's another thing that he does that is really, it really irked me. Mm -hmm. And it's when they're on a date and they're walking home from their date. Yeah, that was a red flag. They're on his street. If me and you were on a date and we were walking home and we were on my road. or even I wouldn't my, walk towards my house. Even if we were in my inns, I would be like, oh, Hardy, this is where I live. Like, this is my road. Da -da 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 -da. Oh, that's my house. He literally stands right in front of his apartment. He's like... Oh, this is mine. Do you want to come in? If I'm with a friend, we leave in a place that you could easily get home and I could easily get home. I wouldn't take you to my house and then say, oh, yeah, we are at my house. So he knew what he was doing it. He's like, oh, what a coincidence. No, he planned it. And she caught like she knew what he was doing. She turned around, and she walked away. And that was like the first, like second, actually, red flag with him that she ignored. When she goes in to show him the video, she's like, oh, look at this. I wanted to show you this. And he sees the beginning of it and he starts giggling because he doesn't realise what it is. It doesn't clock immediately, but he sees it's someone naked, whatever, whatever. He starts giggling. Then he realises what it is. Then he's like, what is this? No, I don't want to watch this. Then he's like, oh, I was a kid when this happened. I don't know. Like, da, da, da. You were a kid when this happened. So that justifies. He wasn't a kid though. He was over 18. <sighs> then he done that thing of like, Cassie, I love you. We've already discussed that, but... I wasn't that affected by this, but Pav was. She was like, oh my God, but he loves her. And I was like, no. No. I think Kalechi's actually said something like this recently. Two things can be true at the same time. He can love you mm. and he has also been complicit in this crime. Yeah. Those two things can be true. But does he love her? Because he straight away says you're a fucking failure. The first red flag was the fact that he kind of cussed her for working in a coffee shop despite everything she's been through. Mad. Absolutely insane. Before we get on to Schmitty, Al Monroe, when she goes upstairs in her nurse outfit to do her thing with him, he's like, oh, I'm a gentleman. He's not a gentleman because we know. He fucking sits on her, suffocates her and kills her. And then he's crying as he does it, like it's a traumatizing experience for him. Yeah, he's acting like he's been made to do this. When he's done it, he actually like bangs on her a few times to make sure she's dead yeah you are that deluded that you think something bad is happening to you right now so then schmidt who's his friend his name's not actually schmidt is it max greenfield but we're gonna call him schmitty because you know he runs in and like starts like cuddling him like oh you didn't do anything wrong blah 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 he says what what happens on tour stays on tour right Ugh. and it's like you can say that if you guys are 
doing the hangover trip to Vegas and there's a lion in your bedroom and, you know, you guys are fucking around, whatever. But you can't... Say that when you've killed a woman. That's so dumb. He immediately is like, it was an accident. He doesn't even know if it was an accident. He's got no idea. He doesn't even ask. Mm -mm. He's burning her body in the woods with no remorse, no nothing. And they still think they're nice guys. Al is like puking up and Schmitty's just like picking up bits of her, making sure they're getting burnt. It is very clever in the fact that the guys look so ridiculous. I just actually felt like they didn't even look ridiculous. I just felt like these are actually people that I probably know. These are actually people that I've definitely come across because I've definitely come across the guy that is like, you're so beautiful. You got smudged. Let me, you know, about my eyeliner and all of that. And it's just made me think. Mate, if you want to kiss me, just ask. You know what I mean? Ew. Just those lines that men use on women. And then the fact that you have to say you're a nice guy. Like my ex used to always say that to me. I'm a nice guy. Mm -hmm. I've been raised by women. I've been raised in a family of women. Therefore, I can't treat a woman badly. You know, all of these things. And it's like, if you treated me the way you say you were raised to treat women, then would I need to have a conversation right now where you're having to say that? It's also irritating how you have to relate things to men as in like, oh, make it about a girl or oh, how would you like it if this happened to your mom or if this happened to your sister for them to understand? Honey, do you know I had to say that all the time? Like, but if this was your sister, how would you feel? How do you only have empathy if we can relate it to the women in your family? I just, it just makes no sense. But what I found in that situation with me dating a nice guy, someone who proclaimed themselves said they were a nice guy, yeah, pretended that they were a nice guy, is that the only people that mattered were the mother and the sister and anyone else didn't matter. Whether they were someone that was going to be maybe your wife, maybe the mother of your children, that didn't matter. When you're with a nice guy, you'll never hear those words come out of his mouth. So what are you saying thank you next to? Saying thank you next to self-described nice guys. Mm -mm, see you later, babes. For the second time on this podcast, we're doing that. Well, two weeks in a row. That means it must be deep. Thank you next. So before we leave, I actually want to pick up on one thing which I noticed. Cassie was doing her makeup for one of her crazy little nights out and she was looking at her makeup tutorial on YouTube and it was about doing your lipstick and it made me laugh because it was titled blowjob lip tutorial and it just made me laugh because why like every human being has lips right we all have lips why do people think that when someone has nice lips or to have nice lips you only have nice lips in order to give head like why is that the only value i don't understand i don't know i've never thought that i've never thought that but i did want to say to you that you know the woman that's doing the blowjob tutorial that's emerald fennell that's actually the director and writer of the movie yes my housemate did tell me that i love the way people do their little cameos and little cool way yeah i think that's quite funny yeah very entertaining and very creative which we love that was definitely one of the best cameos mm. um is way better than stephanie mayer's one in twilight no i like that and also who who comes up with this stuff it's very funny yeah imagine if a guy came up to you and he's like oh those lips are made for head you'd be like fuck off i would slap him i'd slap him yeah i'd slap him no one says that to me anyway because i've got quite thin lips and i'm happy with my thin lips i'm not gonna get fucking lip fillers and whatever and um i have thin lips and they might not be blowjobable but i don't give a fuck thank you very much patriarchy I feel like that was a deep one today, Raj. Listener, this is more of a serious one. We, we don't usually get this serious, but this is, this is who we are. We can be serious. We can be funny. We can be dickheads. These are experiences that women go through. The whole film is about sexual assault and we're not going to ignore it. You know, it exists. This shit happens. I really wanted to do an episode about this and I didn't want to like push it on Hardy, but she said it to me herself after I had like said that thing about Promising Young Women. So I'm really glad that we did it. Me too. And I'm glad I watched it. This 
episode comes out on my birthday, so I feel like it's great because it's like it's it's a representation of what I love. Guys, it's Raj's birthday. Yes. Oh, head to our socials if you want to see a special Raj birthday video. Hardeep's made a video of me. I already know, like it's for me laughing because I have a dirty laugh. Raj's laugh is so good. Your laugh is excellent. Thanks. I'm glad you appreciate it. At least someone appreciates it. I love it. I just get the violins out. I'm feeling sorry for myself now. Why? No one loves my laugh. No one loves my blowjob lips. No. Oh, God. <laughs> you don't want blowjob lips. You just want lips. It's another birthday and I'm single. <sighs> You've got me. But I don't have a nice guy in my life and I don't want a fucking nice guy. Motherfuckers. You've got me. Yeah, I've got and you. that's it's all, all that matters. It's all I need. It's all I need. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Thank You Next. Make sure you share this episode with someone who claims to be a nice guy and also send a middle finger emoji. Make sure you share this with someone who has blowjob lips. Mm, someone who you think's got really sexy lips. Basically, send it to me. Joke. Oh my God. Make sure you send it to someone who is a child doctor. <laughs> Make sure you send this episode to someone who likes... Have you seen a state of her body? If I beat it, I ain't wearing a Johnny Adiola. Da, 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 da. Do you want to roll with the geezer? Basically, send it to some dickhead. Send it to people you don't like. Send it to people that need to hear it. Send it, you know, whatever. Send it to that girl that didn't believe you when you told her that something happened to you. Email us or leave us a voice note because we'd love to hear your voice. It's hi, thank you next podcast at gmail.com or you can DM us on socials. We are thank you next pod on Insta, TikTok and twitter if you liked what you heard make sure you hit subscribe on acast spotify apple or wherever you listen to your podcast and don't forget to give us a review actually you know what apple reviews is not working if you have given us a review can you dm us and tell us because we need to know if apple reviews still isn't working tell us what you think of this film as well all your reactions everything so some of you have shared your opinions with us and we want to hear from more of you send us your voice notes tell us what you loved about it tell us what you hated about it tell us what you disagree with what made your blood boil do you think the nice guy was a nice guy did you think schmidt was a great character do you agree with margot robbie should have been cast instead i mean we don't agree with that but anyway what do you think shocking shocking behavior i quite like the mom as well the mom was a good character oh my god so she's actually excellent and she is a comedy actress and she was like from she's stifler's mum from american pie and she's also into broke girls and she's in a lot of oh she's also in legally blonde and she always plays these like crazy out there characters this is the first time i've seen her in a serious role and same excellent so that's what i mean with casting this movie just had an excellent cast and every actor was just so well picked and raj is getting a fucking hard on right now i am like you know honestly like oh it was just and i just love i think i love emerald fennell because i'm just like she wrote on um killing eve she's an actress as well she's a director she's a writer she's one of those people that, you know i'm like i don't like people that are just doing one thing i like people that can do several things because it it reminds me of me right <laughs> but i'm just like yeah i just think wow what an icon what a woman I, I love it and she shouted out zach morris during her oscar speech like mate like find me someone more relatable than that it's just not possible and what she's made it's going to stay with us for years I have nothing to add here, Raj. I know people have been like, oh, but it's about white women. But why can't it be about white women? Like, I know, like, people are all like, oh, yeah, like, everything has to be diverse now. We're all focused on stories. But it's, it's okay. Like, well, white women still, still go still through stuff, things. guys. Fucking hell. They're still living and going through things. 
I'm just like, for fuck's sake. But anyway, yeah, I uh, I love this movie. I'm really... Uh, All right, I love we're going to leave before it. Raj starts whacking one out. We'll be back next week with more shit. We want to <laughs> say thank you next to you. And we actually have a guest. We have a guest who's been viral on TikTok. Yeah, and basically that's it. That's all we're going to tell you. She's been sharing her music and we're not going to tell you it is. I'll tell you who it is. DM me. Bye. Thank you.